All right, everybody, welcome back to another podcast on Fit Dad Lifestyle. Today, we have a special guest. Uh, you might all remember last episode with TJ. Well, this is his brother, Mike. Um, and he is the author, right, of Underdog Books? Yeah, I guess you could say that. Well, I wrote a book yeah. uh, called Mom Listen, but I, I have an Instagram page called at Underdog Books. So that's where I go off on the world and occasionally share the books that I read. So, uh, and I, I love that uh, Instagram, whenever it pops up on my feed, I think it's very good and very, um, very worth looking through. And, um, and that's kind of why I asked Mike to, if he had time uh, to come onto the podcast and just chat a little bit so I can, I can get to know him more because I don't know him. I just know him through social media and then through what TJ says. So, um, <laughs> who knows so, what TJ says? You're about to learn. You're about to learn today, Andrew. So. Good. Yeah, let's see if things add up. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so, um, yeah, he's he's um, really so. Mike is really into the, uh, reading books, educating himself, educating others, um, and the personality is something that I am attracted to, and I like to learn from that. And so, I the whole purpose of this episode. Uh, for the viewers is to get into the mind of what makes Mike. Um, so can you, uh, again, if, if any of these questions I ask, um, if you don't feel comfortable answering, then no problem. Um, but uh, I just want to know, like, how did you even start with that book with um, underdog books? Like what was the, I guess, what was the, the shiny moment that made you do that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, so just any question, I understand there's no safe spaces in this, in this world. So any, any question is open game and it's my, uh, it's my goal to tackle the question, not avoid them. Uh, so with, with the underdog books, with the profile itself, it was, it, so I think I always think in leverage, right? So my main purpose in life is try to figure out how I can share my life in a way that's beneficial for other people. Uh, and a big part of my life is books. I planned on writing a book. I wanted to let people know what books were helpful to me. And I also wanted to, at some point, receive free books from authors. So uh, it was, it was, it was, three, it was three, three things. I was like, what's the one thing I can do that will give me multiple benefits? And that would be to build up a big following of book lovers. Uh, because at some point, it starts feeding itself. And books are going to be a part of my life anyway. So that was the main goal is to help people. But at the, aim, at the same time, my analytical mind is thinks and leverage. So I wanted to get more than one benefit from it. So um, what prompted you to, to write, write your first book, though? Like what what was like, a, I guess, like the experiences that you had? Oh, huh. well... A lot of pain, a lot of uh, trauma, a lot of me, like trying to become a man and like try to figure out who I am. And I realized throughout the process, I was, I was hanging on to a lot of stuff from childhood. And, you know, I, I have a lot of love for my mom, and, but a lot of frustration, you know, because she struggles with addiction and she's always homeless and you know, there's just a lot of things that kind of go into it. And anytime I try to have a serious conversation with her, uh, she would always avoid it. 
you know, she'd be like, I'm not an angel, you know, like, I understand that mom, but you don't need to smoke crack for three days straight to understand that, you know, like, so she would, she would never have a hard conversation. And the, one of the habits I've developed over uh, the last few years is to have hard, awkward conversations, not only with myself, but with other people. So I don't avoid confrontation. I invite it, you know, because just because there's some awkward moments in a, in a conversation doesn't mean the conversation is not going to be beneficial for myself and for the, the person that um, I'm having to tell the truth to. So the main point was, again, I wanted the, a long time ago in my life, I made a, a promise to myself that if I used all hardships for good, that love or good in the world would have the last word versus the evil shit that happens on this planet. So that was my, that was my main goal, but my, it's called mom. Listen, because I wanted her to listen. I wanted her to, to be alone with the book and be forced to just confront the situation, you know, and the things in our lives that have kind of, made things a lot harder than they should be. But at the same time, I wouldn't change a single thing in my life. I am really um, happy with the person it's made me become, you know, it's developed me into. Has she read the book? Yeah. Yep. Has anything changed since then? Or? Um, she's more honest with me. So that's good. You know, instead of like pretending I don't know what happened, she'll be like, she'll tell me, yeah, I messed up last night, Mike, and I need to get it back on track today. Like, okay. And before she'd be like, uh, someone stole my money. Or, right. you know, she would have some kind of like excuse or uh, basically she would just lie to me because she was embarrassed. Right. Or, you know, or maybe she's not even embarrassed. Maybe it's just like a habit of lying, which I've ran into my myself you know with like just being a shitty boyfriend back in the day or whatever the case is right yeah yeah i mean almost like a feeling of guilt um it's it's uh it's as a parent myself are you a parent uh i am a hopeful parent and i had a a, a daughter in high school which i am biologically i'm a father too uh -huh. but we i'm not a i wouldn't call myself a parent you know, I think okay. it takes a lot, a lot more than a, a sperm to be a parent. So, <laughs> right, right, okay. So, um, uh, in my in my experience, um, having children in the house, um, it's very. Uh, I I get. I, I, me and Mike were talking before I started this uh, this episode, and uh, I, like all my viewers know, I, I have like anxiety, and I get anxiety if I mess up something around my kids. Because um, my, and again, they're one of them is one and then the other one is turning three. And so their mind is very um, tangible and it is learning a lot. It's like a sponge. And so if, if I mm -hmm. say something they automatically pick it up. And so like I get very angry and, um, and to avoid any type of like, um, like, like violence, um, I sometimes curse. And so like they'll pick up on it and they, <laughs> and they repeat it. And I feel so <laughs> bad, so guilty. And my wife hates it too. And, um, 
And it's funny because I grew up in a house that totally opposite. You know, I grew up Mormon and we, we still practice. And uh, so that's something that's frowned upon. But if I, you know, even just like, um, like missing doing something with my kids uh, mm-hmm. because I am focused on doing something else. I, I like, I had that feeling of guilt of like, Oh man, like I should have like done this because they're going to remember it for the rest of their life. And it's like something that eats away at me at night. And I just like sit there and think about it. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like well, and I'm like thinking, I'm like, has that ever happened to me? Like as a kid. So it's like really hard for me to remember, but, um, but it, it seems like, um, you know, I want to, 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 um, to realize that in my own life before it continues as I get older. And so um, what is uh, what's fortunate and unfortunate for um, your family is the fact that um, she was doing this while y'all were, y'all were older. Right. Was, um, uh, well, for me, it was my whole life basically. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. So, yeah, um, but um, the, the sin, you know, the sins the kids will pay for the sins of the parents for seven generations unless we have someone that can break the cycle. So I'm trying to, if I'm not the one that breaks the cycle, which with the addiction part and like the drugs, uh, yeah. you know, I've, I've stayed away from all that stuff. Um, you know, like massive success, it hasn't happened yet, but you know, if I was 15 years behind the average person, um, I'm almost even. So if I have an even playing field, you have to watch out because you're not going to be able to, you're not going to be able to compete with me because I'm always, um, I'm always experimenting and <laughs> I'm like a little bit like you. I'm like, if I grab onto something, I, I get obsessive for a while. Yeah. And, but then I have a self set, a self, uh, correcting me- mechanism. That's like, all right, you're doing too well. You might want to stop and try something else. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so, so I noticed this in myself, man. Um, I don't know if it happens to you, but like, I, I don't like motivation. I like, or the word motivation. I like the word self-discipline. Um, are, are there times where you like kind of lose that self-discipline and you have to like redirect yourself or pick yourself back up? And like, if you do, if you have had that, like, how do you do that? Yes. Uh, well, so you, me, and TJ are all on the same page. I think the motivation really is not good for anything more than like a few moments of fuel. Um, You know, some people say that motivation is like a thing that you should cultivate as a habit, which I I prefer habit Mm -hmm. over, over motivation, but you you can also make motivation a habit and motivation as far as like figuring out what is really resonating with your your you know i call it like my my soul like so the reason i end up quitting quite a few things is because i'll pursue something that's shiny and that everybody's doing or it's like it looks glamorous and then once i get into it i'm like this is not um this doesn't line up with my core values so i need to figure out a different direction. And actually when I struggle with depression, it's all about like uh, trying to figure out how to live a meaningful life. It's never like life is hard because life, I expect life to be hard and I welcome life mm-hmm. to be hard because there's no avoiding it. Um, so I know hardships coming. And if I'm having a great day, if I'm having a great year in my life, I know hardship is around the corner. 
and it's not like being a negative person or anything. It's just like yeah. I'm literally confronting the world as it is, and I'm going to do the best I can with it. I'm not going to hope that everything is great because uh, I know that, you know, your best friend might get hit by a bus or, you know, my mom could die at any second the way she lives. And those things are reality, you know? So um, I don't like motivation, but you can make motivation a habit. And if motivation means something different to each individual, like if motivation means trying to get in tune with my core values or what's most important to me, then I think it's something we should reflect on every day. Um, but it's motivation on the, like how it's used in the general sense is way overrated. And I think it's mm. useless because motivation will definitely fail you. Yeah. I, I think it's funny that whenever me and my wife, we have uh, things going really good. We're like, oh man, something bad's about to happen. Or <laughs> when we have like, like right now, like we've had um, really bad issues with our house that we're in and we've had to have a lot of renovations and, um, and like, like repiping and everything. It's just been a nightmare. And, uh, and we even had a contractor uh, take our money and leave the job. And um, so I'm just like, she, she's always like, something's got to give, like we've had however many hardships. And, um, and then my dad is the type of person that's like, you know, this is a time for you to learn and you'll learn from this and you'll become better. And that's where I kind of got the mindset from him is that um, because he's, he's kind of like you and that's how I was raised. Um, he's kind of like, um, you know, the easy things in life will make, if you do the easy things, in life, your life will be hard. If you choose to do the hard things in life, your life will be easy. Uh, that's kind of like, I, that's kind of like what I live by. Yeah. But, um, so, so I'll give you one, I'll give you one word of wisdom. <laughs> when, when things are going good, when things yeah. are going good, you can always know that it's not going to last, but when they're going good, man, we have to enjoy them. We have to sit, yeah. in, sit in that moment. Like, all right, things are going good. Let's, See if we can get on a winning streak here. The, the right, bad, the right. bad, the bad will take care of itself. So when we're in, when we're in good moments, we gotta we gotta really be fully present and be like, "All right, I like it. Feels good." Yeah, I think during the bad times is whenever we should sit down and kind of, um, kind of do like a an assessment of like you know what is going bad and how can this like what can I learn from this situation, mm -hmm. and then if that happens again. I can be able to pivot and go into a different direction. Right. Especially and, yeah. Andrew, as someone that, you know, struggles with uh, anxiety, just kind of like since day one, you know, like you said, you did. Yeah. If you, um, if you don't get in the habit of confronting hard things, your nervous system, you're going to act, your nervous system is going to think that you're running for your life at all times, like a little prey animal, like a rabbit hiding in the corner from wolves, right? Yeah. But if you attack the problems, if you confront them, that's a whole different, that's a whole different uh, response in the nervous system. You know, if you're, if you're going to, let's just say you're running from a bully, constantly running, avoiding a bully, your nervous system is going to just wear you down because you're constantly on that flight path, you know, 
But at yeah. some point, you turn around and you say, "All right, not today, bitch." <laughs> today, right. today, I'm confronting you, even if I get my ass kicked. That's, right. that's completely different on the nervous system. The nervous system is going to reward you for sticking up for yourself and give you a little, you know, a little boost of serotonin because um, you're actually confronting the world instead of running from it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And, um, and that's what I've been learning a lot lately. And, uh, and people not confronting things, I think it does, it, it, it does exactly like what you're saying. It continues this excitatory process within the brain and it sends this norepinephrine um, adrenaline and um, continues to send out glutamate and, mm-hmm. um, and send out antagonist from GABA. Um, I mean, it's just like, there's a lot of a lot of like mental issues that I, I see happening in the world. And I do believe it's because people don't confront their, their, the, the things that they, that they're anxious of or the things that they are, um, I guess like, like when the things that, they, that they're guilty, uh, like they're feeling of guilt and such. Right. Guilt um, and yeah. shame or like you walk away from yeah. a situation and you're like, Oh, I should have said something or I didn't say something. And just think of like how much that, all those little small things add up into this huge ball of resentment, right? Because someone, yeah. someone's doing better than you, you know, or you're comparing yourself to where someone is now compared to where you are now. Uh, and they, their journey might've started 20 years ago and you get this little resentment or like someone at work, uh, you found out they're getting paid more than you, but they're, they're an assertive person and they didn't take the first offer you know, they negotiated, which should be part of every single, every single, once you get a job offer, once they say you're the one, you say, all right, then I'm going to need more. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it, it has to be part of the process, but first you have to close, you have to close them on being like, okay, you're the one we want to hire. We'd like to offer you yep. the job. And then as soon as that, as soon as that, Leverage is in your court. You have to negotiate. Not only that, your boss, the people hiring you respect people that negotiate because at some point you might be negotiating a big deal for them and they don't want like someone that's just going to lay down. <laughs> so yeah. it, it yeah. has to be part of the process. And uh, Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, you, go ahead. You don't want to get resentful because someone else is assertive and they're willing to have awkward conversations and you find out they make more yeah. make more than you simply because they have a habit of confronting awkward situations. It's awkward to ask for, you know, 10 grand more a year or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, and you know, and it's things that people won't, I, I see it's going to be very, very hard for people to do. I mean, even let's say even, even this simple thing of me talking to you, which you're, 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 you're a stranger and uh, I can ask you to come onto a podcast not to anymore. other people that would be, <laughs> yeah, not anymore. And uh, to other people that would be awkward. Um, I I don't mind awkwardness, and I, I confront it head on. And um, the way I learned that was uh, whenever I I went on a two year mission for my church. Yeah. And uh, so you, you probably seen those dudes in the white shirts and ties. Yeah, and you tags. guys are that was... you guys are great. Actually, when I yeah, when, I, when I hire uh, <laughs> when I used to run sales teams, I would if yeah. I got a Mormon, I'd be like, yes, this guy's not going <laughs> yeah, to this dude. guy's not going to quit. He can take. Rejection after rejection after rejection. 
<laughs> yeah, man. We we are the picture of awkwardness with our helmets and bikes and then riding in the suits. And so um and I and I had to learn Vietnamese. So that was the other thing. Oh, so I was like so I was like knocking on doors yeah. and I was speaking Vietnamese, this white guy, you mm-hmm. know. So mm-hmm. um it, uh, yeah, definitely confronting it head on. And going back to like the um feeling or like having having like a like envy over someone if if they're making, you know, if they're better than if they're doing better in life than you um it's to me it's like i i don't i would never like be envious i would like question like how how did you do that how did you like implement these habits that made you successful um is what i typically want to know right. and then and then usually people people have success in one thing but they probably don't have success or they have a hardship in another, in another area and i had a um I worked with a, a, a guy and um, he was very, he's, he's very successful. He's a medical doctor for, um, for a, for a, um, for a sports team. And uh, what's his name? And, and some other, co- <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> and, uh, and uh, his, uh, and some other colleges and stuff. And so I, I was an orthotist with him and, um, and he's successful in his business, but his family, um, his wife had macular, she had like a macular de- degeneration issue and they were having a kid. And so she ended up losing her sight to where she can only see sh- like shadows. Mm-hmm. And so she never, so, so now she's never seen her, what her last kid looks like, you know? Right. So it's like, it's crazy that he has that success, but he built that success in order for him to be able to possibly have a surgery later on. That's going to be extensive for his wife, but then also his kids, it's a genetic issue. So he has two kids that are having the same thing. And uh, so that's like such a hardship. And so sometimes people need to, you know, he, he was given that, that I guess maybe, maybe he gained that personality um, to build up his business and to build up his success in order to support his family. Um, so, I mean, yeah. And people, you know, people were like, Oh, I'd rather have the money. I'm like, nah, I don't, I don't think you would. <laughs> right. That's why it's dangerous to hang your hat on one specific aspect of your personality. Because if that one area goes to shit, your whole identity is shot, you know? And yeah. uh, like in the body, the bodybuilding world, I've never body build or built myself, but you know, TJ has done it very well. And um, he's, you know, he's probably a better coach because of some of the, the setbacks he's had, you know, with injuries and, first of all, needing to lose over a hundred pounds, just to even come close to having a uh, starting place. But what I've, what I've noticed is that sometimes the fitness world is brutal because people will put their entire identity on how they look or the kind of results they get physically. And then it's a very objective or subjective sport. So you're putting, you're putting your identity and self-worth on the stage for someone else to, tell you you're good enough or not so it's kind of like it's a little tricky and a lot of times it starts it starts out of a place of insecurity like they're trying to or like low self-esteem in certain areas but the one thing you can control is kind of like your physical uh, health so if you dive completely into that you actually you start cultivating habits and mindsets that will eventually lead to healthy self-esteem but you know, the self-acceptance part is um, it gets a little dangerous because you're constantly looking for 
validation outside of yourself. And um, yeah. at the end of the day, the most important person that you can look for a pat on the back from would be the person staring back at you in the mirror. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a very, I, I'm not a big fan of the sport that goes on stage. I like how it develops pe- people into having um, discipline and building habits. Right. Um, exactly. That's why, uh, that's why it's like yeah. a, a two-sided coin, right? Because it's, it's a lot of yeah. times it will start. So there's, t- there's two ways to start. It's like to see like you know, I'm pretty confident and I have healthy self, health, self-esteem right now. And I want to see like what my maximum potential is. And then there's yeah. the people that start with low self-esteem. I want to be good enough. And this is something I can dive into and actually get results with. And throughout yeah. the process, you can't help but change throughout the process of like developing habits, watching what you eat, developing a, a different mindset. And then you, you get laughed off the stage and then you have to pick yourself up and you have to get back in to that growth mindset versus like, Oh, I'm not good enough. This is not the sport for me. So at at some point, you know, if you stick with it, you're going to develop a healthy self-esteem, but it's just like, it's, it's just scary kind of how it starts. And like, you know, 50% of bodybuilders are probably extremely insecure, but you can't tell because from the outside, they look great. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and you really never know what's, what is current, um, with social media, again, social media, two edged sword or double, double sided coin. And, uh, you know, it's, they can show you pictures when they're at their peak moment, um, when they look their best physically, but they feel their worst, um, I can attest to that. And, uh, mm-hmm. you're at your, you're at your lowest point of like health and, uh, you, but, um, yeah, you, you project this, um, picture of saying that, you know, this is, this is what you should look like, or this is what you can attain. And then now people start comparing themselves, uh, to others. And then if they don't look like that, then they don't have, they don't develop that self-esteem. And so, yeah, it's, it's very tough. Um, and I think that's, that's what I like about TJ is that his uh, genuine personality and he actually like really loves his clients and, uh, and really loves helping them out. So, right. Yeah. And that's, yeah. uh, that's his mission is to yeah, u- yeah. use everything that he has struggled with and help other people use it for, for good. So, um, yeah, that's good. Uh, I had a couple other questions though, too. Okay, um, shoot. So <laughs> when, uh, when you were growing up though, what did you want to do in life? Did you always want to like do something with books or did you want, want to be an astronaut or something? Yeah. No, I, I just wanted to, uh, mainly my goal was to like <laughs> have a normal life, <laughs> like, yeah, like gotcha. food or like a car to drive, you know, like uh-huh. <laughs> pretty basic, pretty basic goals. But I did have a goal. Uh, because somewhere along the line, you know, I was a really tiny kid, really scrawny. Everyone made fun of me. I, you know, got in fights all the time because I was so scrawny and stuff. But at some point, one of my dads <laughs> said, you know what, you'd be really good at football because I was like just a little bit naturally quicker than most kids. So yeah. then at some point, this is the crazy part about goal setting, right? Okay. So at some point, maybe it was like fourth, fifth grade, 
someone for the first time in my, my life said, you know, set a goal, any goal. And I was like, oh, I want to play college football. And it was like, yeah, right. You're too scrawny. You know, you'll never you'll never be a college football player. And then somehow I barely made it out of high school, but I was able to play college football, even though I was like a division three junior college. But, you know, I was a starting safety and (laughs) I guess that counts, you know. But I never thought about that goal again until I was like older as a man. I'm like, oh, man, I did. I did set a goal when I was that young, but you know, life's, life's crazy, but in some way, uh, it happened. So it's kind of weird how that happens. So like whenever you said, like you, when you were young, you just wanted to have like a normal life. Did you like go to books to get, Um, to kind of like get a perspective of that normal life? No, no, no. I tried to hustle and like, <laughs> steal things. I wanted everything the easy way. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> I wanted everything the easy way. But what happened was um at some point in my life, so when I was younger, we were homeless, kind of living behind this grocery store, and this homeless man yelled at me. And he told me to because I came back from the dumpster when we were trying to get food out, and I said I couldn't get it, and he just started freaking out at me. And he's like, Don't you ever say that. Um, you can do anything you want to do as long as you don't give up, etc. And he's like, um, if I didn't feel sorry for myself, I would get all my businesses back, you know, but instead I chose drugs and alcohol over, I chose drugs and alcohol over my, my business and my marriage. And I was like, all right, cool for you, dude. I'm out of here. Cause he was like screaming, basically lecturing me. Yeah. You know, I was like, I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> never thought about that. Never thought about that guy again. <laughs> and then when I was 24 or 23, um, I found out I was going back to jail and I just started a job that I thought was like super professional and I was unqualified for it was car sales. But uh-huh. it was like, to me, that was like a huge, a huge step. Cause I was like, Oh wow. I'm wearing like a tie and stuff. And like, I was insecure, so I was really bad at it. I was about to get fired anyways. And then I found out uh-huh. I, I was about to go back to jail. And then, you know, I, like, a, attempted suicide kind of in a, a way, but I didn't go through with it. And and then one day driving home, um, I'm in my car, and I just hear that voice. Don't you ever say that. You can do anything you want to do as long as you keep getting better at it. And I was like, how do you get better at sales when you're insecure? You know, you don't have any confidence. You think you're ugly. You hate rejection. You take everything personally. So I walked in my books, a bookstore for the first time in my life. And I read a book. And then in that book, I found something that I didn't have growing up. I found another man telling me, you can do it. You're good enough. Don't give up. You might suck now, but you'll be good at some point. Follow this process. Set goals for yourself. And I started getting better and better. And I bought another book, and things started getting better. I started taking responsibility for everything in my life. Um, and it's been a probably at least a book a week ever since that day. Yeah, that's crazy, man. I don't know how many people can even say they, they read a, a book in 10 years. <laughs> right. Well, most people are pussies. 
<laughs> right. And, and they're okay with they're okay with being just the average person that gets a nice little comfortable job, comes home, watches a little Netflix, has a beer, goes to bed, does the same thing over and over. But <laughs> I made a commitment that it's in some way I'm going to make a difference in this world. I'm just trying to figure out what vehicle it's going to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, that, that vehicle's like uh, is it stressful? You know, I think me and TJ went over this. Me and TJ, I think we had talked about a little with stress, and you know, there's there's two types of stress. There's you stress and distress, and so there's it's good and bad stress. When both of them are needed to to develop. Um, yeah. so, uh, I mean, that must've been very stressful, I guess, that whole, that whole situation, man. In the, in the moment, life. in the Crazy. moment, it feels like you're never going to get out of it. But, um, the biggest stress I have now is the stress I put on myself because I just want to make a difference. I want a, a certain level of, uh, success and it might not be other people's levels or definition of success, but I want to make it. I want to make a difference. I want to be able to make a living and I want to be able to look back and say that I used everything that I've learned to help other people in some way. Yeah. 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 It's good, man. Yeah. Having a purpose in life. Uh, I think a lot of people, they just like, I, 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 I freak out about that as well. Like I want, I want my life to have some sort of purpose and then also to help other people. And that's kind of like what we, what we grew up as as Mormons is to somehow um, serve others and help them and and find find that purpose. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm not going to keep you much longer because um, I can freaking just go on and continue <laughs> to talk to you. But, <laughs> it's, it's all good. Um, it's all good. Yeah, man. You, you, uh, you need an autobiography, and then I I can read that. Um, <laughs> well, my uh, my book, Mom, Listen, is kind of a memoir in a way. Yeah. Yeah, I'm about to. I gotta get that. That's oh, my kid. <laughs> um, hey, you ready for bed? Okay. Um, so we're gonna end with a few rapid fire questions, if that's all right. All right, bring it. All right. Ketchup or mustard? Uh, mustard. Used to be ketchup. <laughs> um, are you sock sock shoe shoe or sock shoe sock shoe? I am uh, sock sock. Shoo, shoo. Are you a, do you eat uh, chicken wings? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you a sauce or dry rub wing? Sauce. All right. Uh, what about, do you, do you watch mo- like uh, movies, like uh, superhero movies? Uh, I watch or, a, or read them. a variety, but mostly I watch documentaries. <laughs> but go ahead, okay. shoot. <clears throat> so Marvel or DC? Uh, I don't have a preference because I've, have watched whatever movies I have watched. I don't even know who made them. So, gotcha. <laughs> um, if you had one superhero power, what would it be? Hmm. It would probably be time travel. Okay. Um, and last question: If you had to use one utensil for the rest of your life, would it be a fork or a spoon? It would be a spoon because I can. You can. If you think in leverage, you can do more things with a spoon than you can with a fork. <laughs> Always thinking in leverages. <laughs> um, all right, man, that's it, man. Um, it was. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, it was a good. It was a good conversation. I'm glad we got to to meet finally.
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And uh, very soon I'll, I'll have a video going on after we get our kitchen done. Um, so I'll be able to do these podcasts on video. So All right. Uh, adds another... Everyone will see your face. Yeah, exactly. America needs <laughs> to see my face. Yeah, no, and yeah, that's the other thing I wanted to talk. To. I wanted to talk to you about that too. Um, maybe next time about your whole like the Minnesota thing that's going on with the COVID. Oh yeah, policy, or like I'm pissed. Oh man, yeah, no, I know. I I want to ask that some other time. So I'll get you on another time. Yeah, we could talk about uh, politics. How I used to be extremely uh, extremely left, and now I'm kind of uh, yeah. most most issues on the left, but I'm uh, I can't vote left because it's just. It doesn't work out for me. <laughs> well, we can, we can go into <laughs> right. that a different time. <laughs> awesome, man. All right. All right. Thank you so much for being on here. Have a good one.